BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Dad, I'm broke. Hey, broke. I'm Dad. Dad. Okay, don't you have cash saved up from babysitting? No, I spent it. I want my own bank account from S&T Bank. They offer free ATMs, Zelle, and an annual scholarship. Plus, when I open a Smart Start checking account, I get $100. See? I'm responsible. Hey, responsible. I'm Dad. Visit stbank.com slash smartstart for details. Bonus available July 1st through September 30th, 2022. Opening deposit balance of $50 required. Member FDIC. Hello, and welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lace. Today we're diving in to the cold case of the Cleveland Corso murders. One of the most gruesome serial killers of all time. Between 1934 and 1938 in Cleveland, Ohio, near Kingsbury Run, 13 people comprised of 6 women and 7 men were killed by a serial killer. Of those 13, only 3 were identified. Vagrants or six workers. All the victims were decapitated, and in some cases, the heads were never found. The killer often dismembered the body through the torso, and in no instance was the body found fully intact. These gruesome tendencies earned the killer the name the Cleveland Torso Killer, or the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. Here's a little background on Kingsbury Run. In the 1930s, it was a bleak, dangerous place where many poor lived in terrible conditions, sometimes called Just east of Kingsbury Run was a sketchy area called the Roaring Third, known for its bars, gambling dens, and brothels. Stage set, let's jump into the timeline of the killings. On September 5th, 1934, the first victim, an unidentified woman in her 30s, was found on the shores of Lake Erie. Part of her torso, thighs, and other body parts, but no head. Her skin was leathery and red from a chemical preserve. On September 23, the second victim, a 28-year-old man named Edward Andresi, was found near Kingsbury Run at the base of Jackass Hill. Andresi was a hospital orderly and a regular around the Roaring Third. The body was drained of blood, naked, and emasculated, with rope burns on the wrists. On that same day, the third victim was found nearby, an unidentified 40-year-old male. 
It was also decapitated and emasculated. Body also had the same chemical preservative from the first killing. On January 26, 1936, the fourth victim, a woman named Florence Lillo, was found wrapped up in a newspaper inside half bushel baskets by the Hart Manufacturing Building. She was a sex worker, barmaid, and waitress who lived in the Black Third. At this point, many local papers reported the murder spree on a near-daily basis, and yet there were no suspects or clues. As expected, this put a considerable amount of heat on the investigating authorities. Detectives Peter Merlo and Martin Zulitsky interviewed over 1,500 people on their own. Jumping back into the timeline on February 23, 1937, parts of the eighth victim, an unidentified woman in her 20s, east of Brontanol. On June 5, 1937, the ninth victim, determined to be a woman named Rose Wallace, was found under the Lorraine Carnegie Bridge. Her remains were merely a skull and a bag of bones. On, June, or on July 6, 1937, the 10th victim, an unidentified man in his mid to late 30s, was found in the Cahoga River. Interestingly, this was the first time that a victim had drugs in their system. This left authorities to wonder whether the drugs were recreational or used to keep her from moving. As of all, as all of these gruesome murders were ongoing, Mayor Harold Burton increasingly pressured Safety Director Elliot Ness to make headway. You may know Elliot Ness as the famed G-Man who led his illustrious group of untouchables to bust Al Capone's breweries. Other credits to Ness's glowing resume including defeating the Mayfield Road Mob, Crooked Police, and Labor Racketeers. Contributing to his status as a law enforcement legend, as city safety director, he was involved with both the fire and police his decorated track record. He was at serious risk of obtaining his reputation should he not make headway on the torso case. On August 16, 1938, the 12th and 13th victims were both unidentified, found in perhaps the most reckless location of all. The bodies were found within view of Elliot Ness's office window, clearly a taunt that obviously resonated with Ness. Two days later, Director Ness and a squadron of 35 detectives and police raided Kingsbury Run's Hobo Jungle. They rounded up 63 men and scoured the shack for any signs of the killer. In a move that has been credited Ness, Ness then ordered the shacks to be burnt down. The people displaced were then charged with being homeless, which they plead guilty for Ness's involvement in this episode of the investigation has been referred to as cruel and draconian. Either way, the killings did not stop after the raid. Whether or not the raid had anything to do with it, is debatable. Certainly, Ness's shiny reputation was damaged by this action, and it brought the investigators no closer to identifying the killer. That being said, the case is considered by some to be unofficially solved. Furthermore, the solution was reached by Ness himself. However, there are several suspects. The first suspect was 52 bricklayer Frank Dolezal. In July 1939, he was arrested by County Sheriff Martin O'Donnell for the murder of Florence Polillo. 
the fourth victim. He had actually lived with the victim for a time. Furthermore, he also victims Edward Andersey and Rose Wallace. Following his arrest, Frank confessed to murdering Florence. However, he later said he had been beaten and recanted his confession. In fact, he had suffered six broken ribs while in the custody of the sheriff, further casting doubt upon the confession. It appeared with a mix of prepackaged details and incomprehensible ramblings. According to case expert, expert James Bedall, the lead detective on the case, later said in his memoirs, This is the first time that I've ever known anyone that confessed to a crime that didn't know the details of the crime to which he was confessing. Nonetheless, he remained incarcerated for the crime, which makes the event that followed all the more suspicious. One month later, in August 1939, he committed suicide in his jail cell before going to trial, hanging himself on a hook that was 5 feet and 7 inches from the ground. Problem is, Frank was 5 feet and 8 inches tall. Logically, how could a person hang themselves from an object that they were taller than? In addition, James Bonnell interviewed forensic science experts that looked at Dolezal's autopsy. The experts concluded that he didn't end his own life the way people were told he did. Though the experts don't explicitly say he was murdered while in prison. Either way, no no one believes Frank was the killer. A marker for James Bedall and his team was laid on his grave in August 2010. With family members in attendance that read, Rest now, thus vindicating him posthumously. The final suspect is Dr. Francis Sweeney. In, 19, in the 1970s, Sweeney was discovered to be... Safety Director Elliot Ness's secret suspect is also thought to have been the killer, according to the case expert James Bedall, who, as of 2014, had spent 18 years researching the killings. Sweeney fit the profile. He was a doctor and would have had the necessary skill and anatomical knowledge to perform the killings. He also been probate court multiple times, and his wife noted his problems with alcoholism his abuse of her and their two sons, his day-long disappearances, and his neglect of his practice. Shortly after the final murder, Sweeney checked himself into a medical institution, after which the killing stopped. He was diagnosed as a schizophrenic. In 1938, Ness secretly apprehended Sweeney, taking him to the old Cleveland Hotel. Ness kept Sweeney there for about 10 to 14 days, as it took Sweeney three days to even sober up. Bedall, with the help of the great-nephew of one of Francis Sweeney's colleagues, was able to use photos and diagrams to compare the torso killer and Sweeney's movements. Bedall calls the results creepy as hell. All this information allowed Bedall to conclude that Sweeney was indeed the killer. Though Bedall cautions, quote, I think I put together a gr pretty good circumstantial case. I realized he couldn't take it to court, and I realized back then he couldn't take it to court. There are, however, some criticisms of the Sweeney explanation. Police and crime reporter Doris O'Donnell believes that somebody at the funeral home would have noticed something weird was going on. Yet O'Donnell may be biased since her uncle was the sheriff who arrested the controversial Frank in 1939. Also, even but all acknowledges that the medical office setup could have been utilized for the initial murders before colleagues could become suspicious. He doesn't know where the murders that followed occurred. 
Others, including lead detective Peter Merlo, believe the torso murders were committed by the same person that committed murders in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. And that's all we have for this episode of The Cold Case Files. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Who do you think was the Cleveland torso killer? Be sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons. And let us know your thoughts on Twitter at TrueCrimeNS. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.